I want to give you tonight from Philippians chapter three, uh, chapter four, Philippians chapter four, uh, what missions giving affords the believer. What missions giving affords the believer. I think it was uh, Will Rogers, he's one of your fellows I know from years gone by, who uh, was, they called him humorist back in the day. And he was a humorist. He made, uh, made, he made a good living making fun of the government. And he always said that the government gave him lots of material. And uh, if he was only alive today, uh, he, would, he would be a wealthy, a wealthy man. But he said this. He said, you learn some things by picking a cat up by the tail that you can't learn anyplace else. And, um, and I think that's true. There's some things that you, that you would learn. I said that in Missouri at a particular church, and a little fellow came up to me afterwards and kind of said, you're not supposed to pick a cat up by the tail. <laughs> I said, I found his mama and said, I'm sorry, I didn't, I, I hope he, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> but I'll say this, you're not supposed to pick a cat up by the tail. Missions giving teaches you some things that you can't learn any other way. If you would stand with me, please, from Philippians chapter 4, in honor of the reading of God's Word. And he says in verse 3, he says, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in great need, thanking you for uh, the blessing you are and have been to us for, for the, what you did in my heart during the song service this morning and tonight. And, and I pray that you would help me this evening to preach a message that would be pleasing to you and it be an encouragement to many. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Four things that Paul said was afforded the one who was involved in missions. And firstly, being committed to missions enables the peace of God. That's what he said in verse 7. He gave a prescription, a prescription. You understand what a prescription is. He wrote us a prescription and he says, you do these things and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Now, just to be clear, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus went to the cross, died on Calvary, and when we bow before Him and accept Christ in repentance and faith, then we have peace with God. The, the wall that was between us is torn down. The war that was between us and God is over. The, the difference between us and God is over in the sense that there was a, there was, there was, there was a battle, there was an offense between us. But once you accept Jesus Christ, the offense is gone. The wall is gone. And we enjoy 
peace with God, and you cannot lose the peace with God because it, you didn't purchase it, you didn't earn it, it was a gift to you by God's grace when you humbled yourself before God and received Christ, and you will always have peace with God just through being saved, coming to Christ. But you don't have the peace of God automatically, always, just for being saved. You have the peace of God it, that keeps your heart and mind. It's what he said in this text here. When you are following God's prescription. Now here's something I want you to see, and I think this is essential. Most people re begin reading the prescription in verse 4 where it says rejoice, and, and they, we will make a list. You want the peace of God? Then rejoice in the Lord. In verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. Live like you're leaving, and you'll have the peace of God. Be careful for nothing, he says in verse 6, and you'll have the peace of God. And, and yet the truth of the matter is, as I studied this, I don't think he started writing the prescription in verse 4. I think he started writing the prescription in verse 3 when he said, said, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, look here, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. You know what I think he's saying? I think he's saying you commit yourself, you put your hand to the task, you give yourself to missions, you commit to the, to the cause, and then he says you also rejoice, and you also live like you're leaving, and you also pray, and you also so discipline your mind. Now then, the peace of God that passeth understanding will keep your hearts and minds. And it, it involves missions work. It, missions work is as, is as essential as rejoicing. Let me ask you a question. Do you suppose if missions commitment is part of the scripture and part of the prescription, do you suppose that we could ignore that or just say, well, I don't want to be involved in that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take, I'm just going to rejoice. I'm just going to pray. I'm just, I'm just going to have a disciplined mind and, and, and I'll have the peace of God. Uh, my, my daughter is a, a, a nurse practitioner and such, and she will tell you, you're supposed to take the prescription like it's prescribed. Now, I know we don't like to hear that, and we all have medical degrees, and we tweak it. But I'm saying to you, this is a prescription, and you're not going to rejoice your way into the peace of God if God said the peace of God comes through helping those fellow laborers. Do you follow what I'm saying? Let me give you, let me give you a thought. If tonight, and I don't think that, I mean, I, I, this may be an unrealistic expectation with uh, your, your safety teams and all set up, but if tonight I'm preaching and I, the back door kind of comes open just a little bit and an Oklahoma highway patrolman steps through and he's got a little woman by his side and, and it, you can tell there's something going on. There, he's, he's wanting, he's needing some sort of a help. And so he, he, uh, he, the, the security people take him in and he finds out what he wants and, and basically communicates to whoever's in the pulpit and says, look, this little mother had a flat tire out here on this busy intersection and she stopped and while she was fixing her flat tire, her four-year-old son slipped out of the van unbeknownst to her and she got ready to go. She can't find her four-year-old son and we need some help. 
We need some help. We need somebody to get in their cars and start looking. We need somebody to start going down the streets and and knocking on some doors. We need somebody to look in between houses and look in backyards. It'll be dark before you know it. We need some help. Do you suppose that I could say, or whoever's in the pulpit would ever say, excuse me, we're rejoicing in here. Excuse me, we're talking about Jesus coming in here. Excuse me, don't you interrupt us, we're praying in here. If you did that, you'd go to bed tonight, but you would not experience the peace of God. But, Brother Drell or Brother John or Brother Ben or whoever would step up here and says, we need, we need about 15 volunteers. We need three to go this way and three to go that way and three to go. We need some people in the cars. And, and so they, immediately you'd have all the volunteers you wanted and they'd just be going every which way trying to find that person. And we'd have some folks in the pew that are saying, look, I don't do so well on walking anymore, but what can I do? How do I can? And I can hear leadership saying, I'll tell you what you do. If you can't go look, you get on your knees in here and you pray and we're going to beg God that we'll find that little fellow and he won't be run over somewhere. So about 35, 45 minutes, whatever, prayer, searching, you get a call back on somebody's cell. Brother John steps up and said, they found him. (laughs) They found him. It's okay. It's all well. And as those who went out looking, searching, come back in, we'd be high-fiving. We'd be rejoicing. We'd be thanking God. I'm telling you, we would have, when we pillowed our head at night, because we put our hand to the cause and helped, we would be thanking God, and we would have the peace of God in our heart. And we'd be saying, thank you, Lord, for letting me have a part. Thank you, Lord, for letting me do what I could. Thank you, Lord, for, for helping us find that little fella and, and helping that family. I'm just saying the peace of God that we desire literally comes about when we put our hand to the cause, when we get busy about missions. And I'm just saying to you, uh, you've, you've got an you've opportunity here. And uh, he's already told us in his word that, uh, that there's people who, who uh, can't uh, call because they never believed, because they never heard, because no one went to preach, because no one would send. And we look at that and we say, well, we, we could send. And, and you heard the reports tonight. You, you have sent and you are sending, but the job's not done. And there's a task before us still. And so I'm saying to you, if you want the peace of God, you've, been, you've got to be willing to, to work and labor and give yourself to the cause. I was pastoring in Amarillo for many years on a Wednesday night. And I remember the night it was cold outside, very cold. And the wind blows in Amarillo. So we've had our service. I was called on someone to pray. I went out to the foyer, made our way out to the foyer while they were praying. And, and I just pushed the door open to the foyer, and I just saw there was weeds in the foyer. Those blowing, I don't know what they're called, but they blow. Not big tumbleweeds, but those little ones. They blow, and there was just a whole m- bunch of them. And I kind of followed them with my eyes and looked over there, and sitting in a chair kind of, Curled up in a ball trying to stay warm was a young woman, mid-twenties, mid-thirties, something like that. 
and she had weeds in her, weed, that kind of blowing weeds in her hair, and there was dirt on her clothes, dirt that was visible, and you could see where she had walked across and tracked the dirt and such. And my wife and I went over to ask about her, and she gave this testimony. She said, I was just so depressed. Said, and she lived in a, one of the a home uh, for uh, people that has learning disabilities. She said, I was just so depressed. I just wanted to die. And our church at that time was next to a vacant field. And she said, I just went out there and laid down in the field hoping to die. But she said, I got cold. So I came in that open door. Can you imagine me saying to her, well, look what you've done here. Look at, look at, look at all this. We clean this. And you just track this stuff in? What, what are you thinking? Can you imagine that? Anybody that would do that doesn't deserve the peace of God. And I'm saying to you, we have an opportunity. The people that are lost in sin, they are no different than we were. And someone, by the grace of God, told us. And we have a responsibility to tell others. And if you want the peace of God, when you pillow your head and when you stand before the Lord, you're going to have to be involved in missions. Let me give you another thought. Being committed to missions enables an in-depth, genuine partnership with those that are called of God. Look at verse 15. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning, that it, I'm sorry. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, listen to this. I can't imagine. No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. He had some good things to say about these folks. If you look over here in verse 3, he says, And I entreat thee also, listen to this, true yoke fellow. He calls them a true yoke fellow. I want to be a true yoke fellow to those that God has called, don't you? I want, I want the, the missionaries on the foreign field, I don't want them to have to wonder and worry and suppose whether or not support's coming this month. I want them to have such confidence in us to know that, that, that they are in our hearts and that they can count on us to supply that we gave them our word as they loaded up their family and went and to follow the call of God. And we said we would pray and we would support and we would stand with and we would love and we would help and we would care. I want them on the field when they pillow their head at night saying, thank you, Lord, for Eastland Baptist Church. And let me tell you this, anything a church does collectively, it's never accomplished apart from individual involvement. It has to be. It has to be. And I want to be that individual who, who partners and, and supports and continues faithfully with those that God has called. Let me give you a third thing. Look what he says in verse 17. He says, not because I desire a gift... But I desire fruit that may abound 
to your account. Now, we might say, well, I don't really care about rewards in heaven, and I don't really care about an account in heaven, and, um, I, and I don't want you to suppose that, that, you know, your giving down here is accumulated like money and cash in heaven. Like, okay, I, I have an IRA in heaven, and I have a 403B in heaven, and I have mutual funds, you know, in heaven. That's not, when he talks about our account in heaven, do you know what's in heaven? Souls. Souls. People that you have sustained and sent those who, who would go, and they went and delivered the message, like this brother you heard tonight give his testimony. What a blessing. And, and you know what amazes me about that? These, the, the Hindus uh, didn't care that they would take their life. No one stepped in from the Hindu religion and said, let us, oh, no, 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 let us help you. Let us help you with your situation. Let us help you with your difficulties. So they didn't step in and care, but God cares. And the missionaries stepped in and the missionary cared. The pastor of the church went by, told them about Christ. Now then, what happens when they accept Christ? Now the Hindus are upset. Now they're mad. That just doesn't make sense. But, I, but I'm saying it is Christianity that loves souls. And, and we must love souls. And we must be, we must be willing to, to, to give the gospel. And when we do give the gospel and it is received, it's like an investment on our part. And it's calculated meticulously in your account in heaven as, as people. And like Brother Thomas said, one of these days somebody's going to come up to you and I, I envision it more than we can, more than we can even know. I envision because, because this is how this works. You tell somebody who tells 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 somebody. And, and it, if, if you will be, if, if you will be faithful to give even, this individual that you send will tell somebody who will tell somebody. And it, and it multiplies. It doesn't just add. It multiplies. And if you give faithfully to missions, here's my, here's my, my assurance to you. You will one day be confronted with an account you don't recognize. Lord's going to come to you. I just envision it this way. Maybe it's accurate, maybe it's not. But the Lord says, I, I have you down here for a million and a half souls. And you say, oh, no, you must have made a mistake. B-I-G-H-A-M. Dennis Dale. No, I don't make mistakes. Did you pray for missionaries? I tried. Did you give to missions? Yes, I did. Did you care? Yes, I did. And he says, well, those that you sent and supported, they won many who won many who won many who won many who won many. And you look at it, you can do the math. If you start out with two people and those two win two, it only takes you about 30 years at that rate, it only takes you about 30 years till you're up around, a, uh, I may be incorrect on this. I figured it out now. I can't remember if it was a billion or a million. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. I think it was a billion. 
in 30 years if you start calculating it out. I'm just saying to you, you be faithful to God and you're going to have the peace of God. You're going to have partnership with missionaries that you'll be proud to serve with that are thankful for you. And you're going to have an account in heaven that you don't recognize that is rich with souls that nobody cared about except God's people. And we gave and missionaries went and preachers went and people were saved. And now then they'll come to you and say, and, and you know, we, we don't hear too much about this in America, but I've been to the foreign country and it's not unusual to be introduced to someone and they would say, I'm a first generation Christian. Which means nobody in my family before me were believers. Or I'm a second generation Christian. I'm just saying to you, you can have a, an account in heaven that, uh, that you don't recognize. You follow this out and you know where we're going next. You find in verse 19, he said, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And that promise is not given to just general Christianity. That particular promise in this portion of Scripture, in this context, is given to the true yoke fellow that gave once and again. And Paul's assuring them, listen, you don't have anything to worry about. God's going to take care of you because you gave once and again. I would say to you and to Eastland Baptist Church, you don't have anything to be afraid of except indifference, lack of commitment, lack of priority. And all of those things will keep you from being involved in missions. But if you'll get involved in missions, you can have the peace of God and you can have the partnership with the saints and you can have an account that you don't recognize and you can have the promise of God that he will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Stand with me, please.